Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. of rent. Uh, in order to have this conversation, we're going to talk with Dana from Hemlane. Dana, the CEO of Hemlane. How are you doing, Dana? I'm great. Thanks for having me again. So Dana, remind the audience about the purview of Hemlane. How many units are kind of under the umbrella that you can pull data from? Uh, because I think we need to talk about vacancies and possibly rent going back up. Yeah. So from a data perspective, we have 22,000 rentals um, where we know everything from, or maybe it's 23,000 now, um, but we know everything from um, do are the tenants paying rent on time to do they, um, and this is obviously nationwide, so certain geographies will have um, a higher concentration, um, to looking at um, you know renewal rates and how much those are increased. And so the reason all of that is so important um, to track and look at is really for our customers. Um, this data is something that will help you to understand, hey, what are those trends? How much should I increase my rent by, et cetera? And so, yeah, we've um, looked at um, obviously vacancy trends. Um, they're actually slightly um, above pre-pandemic rates. So they're around you know, uh, 6.8% right now. Of okay. course, that's where, um, that is where um, we're going into the summer season. So you're going to see slightly more um, turnover there. But um, the question is, you know, what do you do with vacancies? How do you think about uh, rent? And how do you think about reducing vacancy? Because the most costly expense is a bad tenant. The second most costly expense is vacancy. Yeah, turnover. Yeah, that's that's where it gets a lot of folks. Uh, I'd be curious about the 6.8%. And if you don't have the data, it's okay, maybe for next week. Have you noticed a difference between single family homes in units or you maybe not have that data ready today? Um, so I, that data, I could, uh, I know at a high level that obviously if it's um, a multifamily, it's about 50%, just so you know, it's like 47% of our portfolio single family okay. and the rest is multifamily. So it is very concentrated on single family, um, which makes it where the numbers from that perspective, I can actually compare kind of apples to apples. Um, but on the vacancy side, it's always much higher with apartments. It yeah. always is. And you, you know, you can understand why there's whether it's um, you know, a more short-term um situation because it's not a family who doesn't want to move schools, yeah. or um another reason for it is neighborhood um or with your neighbors, they're too loud, something like that. You want to get out of the place. You just see higher turnover in multifamily than you see in single family. Um, yeah. So from the single family side, it's definitely lower. Yeah, so let's talk about it because I think that's important for folks. Some of the people watching this own units, whether that's two, four or bigger and some own single family because I think the answers are different, right? 
in my opinion. So if you want to talk about single family first, we can go there. Uh, when I look at my portfolio, it's the same thing, right? My average tenure in a home was just about eight years. It's less than two years in apartment. So my data um, is very similar to what you're seeing at Him Lane. So, so that's good. Uh, but when I look at single family homes, there's a couple of things that I see when we have a vacancy. One is they're buying a home. That's, that's a great thing. Uh, second is uh, some kind of family dynamic has changed, either marriage, either separation, right? Divorce, breaking up or getting together, right? There's just more people. Uh, again, those are life events. That's not, not really something the landlord like I could take on. Yep. Uh, what I would tell you as far as the landlord goes, um, you've got to just communicate. You've got to take it, take care of the property, fix the things that are there. Um, really for single family homes, in my experience, it's, it's some outside event. Cause that's usually the goal for tenants is to get into a home. And unless there's some kind of extraordinary life event, which, you know, I, you know, congratulations on buying a home. It's awesome. Um, it's, it's tough, at least in single family homes. What do you see? Yeah. So, um, I think from that perspective, how we look at that is controllable versus uncontrollable, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's, that's where we, um, segment it out. Um, those who use Hemlane, and I don't have the data behind those who don't use Hemlane, but I would hope that the controllable has got, is down, significantly down. Um, and then it's interesting because on the uncontrollable um, vacancy, which is a life event, something like that, what we're seeing is um, not as many moving out due to purchasing, which yeah. you can imagine with the interest rates where they are people holding on. So we haven't seen as much for that. It's usually something else like they're getting married. They need a bigger space. They're getting a divorce. They need a smaller space, um, something like that. And yeah, when we look at it, I mean, it is one of those things that you as a landlord should also be tracking. You should be asking the tenant, hey, why are you moving out? Select a reason. Is the rent too high, this or that? And by capturing that information, you yourself will be able to much better understand your customer, who is the tenant, and help in the future because, you know, as you build your portfolio from one to 10 to 20, suddenly it does become a material difference if you see every single tenant is saying they're moving out because the rent increase was too high. Then you have to say, what are my sources for that? What am I doing? How do I incentivize them to stay? But if it's in that, you know, un, uh, uncontrollable, potentially not much you can do um, there. So that's kind of how I think about the data and how um, I also think that um, you as a real estate investor should think about the data. Yeah. So if we were to flip over to units now, there's a lot more controllable to use your world there. You, it, When I think about single family homes, my job is really to take care of the inside when something breaks, to communicate with the tenant, all of that. But when you're looking at units, there's so much potentially going on on the outside of the property, parking, noise complaints, yeah, you know, landscaping, I mean, garbage. I mean, it could be lots park. It's just, there's all of these things. So one of the things that I challenge landlords who have units is, is to watch kind of the outside of the property, communicate, drive by, because it, it could be the littlest thing um, that causes a tenant to go. Cause again, it does, it's, it's a smaller unit. It's easier to move. There are more of them. And if you can really do a good job of managing the outside, you can, you can limit term turnover, 
uh, but you will still have you know more there than a house. But there's there's a lot of stuff that happens outside yeah. of the units uh, that could trigger a reason to move. So watch out for those things. Yeah, and you know the some of that, some of the things that happen outside, like the parking and stuff like that. There may be a situation. Or like uh, we had one uh, recently in Boise where it was like the train always goes by it and it's really loud. And and so that might be a sign that also that you want to 1031 it and that may yeah. and find some other property. Um, so all that data will help you make your decisions. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and again, let's talk about rent on this because again, I think we, we the data exiting q4 maybe entering q1 as people were seeing rents softening uh we have fred uh fed president waller i think christopher waller warning yesterday that he fears rent inflation right with the housing market kind of turning around that rent inflation may restart i don't know if you have any really current data but i think that rent we have to watch but the reason we have to watch rent is because that's part of inflation and if that mm -hmm. reverses we may need to go higher for longer in interest rates. It's kind of all feeds on itself. So what are you seeing with rent? Yeah, from a rent perspective, it's really interesting because it's so heavily dependent on the market. Um, and so we have seen some markets and we have not seen, by the way, what we saw, I think it was like a year and a half, two years ago where rents were just like, you know, people were like 10% um, uh, renewal uh, rate, like 10% increase on your rent on renewals. We're not seeing that. We're definitely not. Um, but what we are seeing is that in some markets, you can still give, a, you know, usually if you think about renewal rates, renewal rates are the best way to do it. Um, when you look at the the renewal rates and what would take a tenant to stay um, versus going to another property, we used to, you know, on average, you kind of see those around a 3% marker. And there's certain markets where we're seeing that much higher. And what's interesting about that is it's actually um, typically not cities; it's right outside cities. Oh, okay. And 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 here's the more interesting part about it: there is this like, "Hey, go back to work, remote work is over" type um, storyline that you're hearing from the media. But on our side, what's interesting is we're not quite seeing that play a role. People are still saying like, yeah, I have to go back, but it's only two to three days of the week. So a slightly higher commute is better. And then it's also been heavily dependent on certain markets. So like where I'm in, in California and San Francisco, we don't see it as much as like in Florida and some places in um, like Georgia and the, the Southeast and stuff, we are seeing that there's still that increase. And there was a huge increase, you know, a year and a half ago, but we're still seeing that people can demand those rates, but it's heavily dependent on each market. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that might be interesting for next week, if you asked your team to look at us, I'd be really curious about the Southeast, right? Yeah. Georgia, Florida, uh, because I actually think those markets have been so hot for so long. They've got to come back. We're seeing insurance rates go through the roof, especially on the coasts. It just feels like, Florida in general needs to take a breath. It would be really interesting to see what's yeah. going on kind of in the Florida, Georgia information. Uh, but folks, we do have to watch rent inflation. Cause again, as I talk about inflation has three components, there's the goods, the stuff that shows up in cardboard boxes. There is housing, which right now appears to be rolling over, but we have to watch it. And of course, services, AKA wages, the really, really hard stuff. But if somebody wanted to get access to Hemlane's trial, uh, Dana, where would they go? 
Yeah, you can go to www.hemlane.com. And even if you're just looking for a rent estimate on your property, feel free to go there and uh, we can give you one. Now, folks, you, and again, if you don't have any rental units, I strongly suggest practicing using the 15-day trial just for fun, really having uh, an understanding of what it is to be a landlord. And if you have a couple of units, test it out. See what's what. I think you can see, again, if it's good enough for Dion, the lazy landlord, uh, it's <laughs> probably good enough for most of us. So, Dana, thank you so much. Thanks for having me.